Hello and welcome to Infectious Info. This podcast is brought to you by the Infectious Disease Working Group from the University of Toronto. The Infectious Disease Working Group is a collaboration of public health graduate students who aim to improve public awareness on infectious diseases, including COVID-19. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Infectious Info. This podcast is funded by the University of Toronto Student Engagement Award, which supports student-led projects that contribute to building healthy, resilient, and equitable communities as a part of our post-COVID-19 recovery. All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Megan Lowe, and I am a Master's of Public Health student here at Dalalana School of Public Health at the University of Toronto. Before I introduce my wonderful guest, I wanted to begin with a land acknowledgement and take some time to reflect on what it means to be a settler and honor those who came before me. I acknowledge that the land of that University of Toronto operates on. For thousands of years, it has been the traditional land of the Huron-Wendat, the Seneca, and the Mississaugas of the Credit. Today, this meeting place is still the home to many Indigenous people from across Turtle Island, and we are grateful to have the opportunity to work and benefit from this land. Today, I'm joined with Aaron Lewis, who is a second-year medical student studying at the Schulich School of Medicine and Dentistry at Western University. He has been a practicing registered practical nurse since 2015 and went to medicine after attaining a bachelor's and a master's of science from Wilfrid Laurier University. Originally from a rural Newfoundland fishing village of 200 people, he moved to a rural Ontario farming community on the shore of Lake Huron at 10 years old. In a spare time, he enjoys hobby goat farming, homebrewing, beer, and indulging in the culinary arts. Aaron advocates for better rural health care in his work with the Gateway Center of Excellence in Rural Health and the Shula Rural Medicine Outreach Club. Additionally, he advocates for medical students' wellness as the class president of Shulik Med's 2025 class. Aaron, thank you so much again for being here with us. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to be speaking with you today about what healthcare challenges there are for those living in rural areas as someone who is still learning about rural health. Um, maybe you could also talk about your experiences growing up in a rural area. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I grew up in a what's called an outport Newfoundland town. Uh, so we have 200 people, as mentioned in my bio, uh, even less uh, over these past few years. Um, so the nearest hospital, grocery store, gas station uh, is about a 20 minute drive away. So we're, we're pretty isolated out there on just the tip of a small peninsula. Mm -hmm. uh, and that kind of brings its own challenges. You are 20 minutes away from a physician uh, that was in the good days. Uh, now there actually is no physician at that nearest hospital. Mm -hmm. So the nearest open emergency room is about two hours away. Um, so there's a lot of triaging that happens at the uh, the hospital there to see if someone actually does need to travel or if they need to take an ambulance uh, to go into two hours just to just to seek care. Uh, so it's it's been that way for quite a while. Um, Outport Newfoundland is losing a lot of people. Therefore, there's not a lot of incentive for the government to kind of keep the health infrastructure and, and other infrastructure there as well. Um, so that's kind of my first experience with that uh, would have been, I guess I was 10 years old and uh, I watched my own grandfather um, like sew up his thumb that he had cut before going to the hospital to seek adequate care. Um, so I guess that's kind of what inspired me to start going into healthcare. And uh, my grandmother was a nurse at that hospital 20 minutes away uh, growing up as well. So I've, I've kind of been in and exposed to to healthcare workers and healthcare in general throughout my life. 
Wow, definitely. Yeah, that <laughs> I hopefully your grandfather was able to to do it okay before headed off. <laughs> oh yeah. And so I'm sure with even with COVID now, right? It was during that time it was maybe exasperated some of those challenges too. I I would think so. Uh <laughs> however, it was kind of nice to see, especially from someone who is living away and, and mm. uh, watching what's happening. Thankfully, uh, the area that I'm from in Newfoundland, uh, throughout the entire course of the uh, the pandemic has really only seen maybe less than 20 cases of COVID uh, on the peninsula, right. which I mean, 20 cases for maybe about 1000 to 1500 people that live on that section of the island is okay. a little bit proportional, I guess, but it still pretty less so it's it's a factor of isolation as well that's right oh okay and so I know we mentioned to our viewers that you're you have a unique side where you're also you know we're a practicing nurse and switched into medicine um, we're curious to hear a little bit more about your you know your experiences working as a nurse and maybe some of the health inequities faced uh, that you can compare between rural and um, urban communities yeah uh, so Became a nurse in 2015. I started working back where I'm from, King Carden, on the shore of Lake Huron. Um, studied nursing at Conestoga College, the practical nursing program. So when I came back, uh, it was during a time where a lot of contracts were ending. So certain rural incentives have um, physicians kind of come in and sign contracts. You get a bit of a government bonus, maybe some um, relief from your student loans if you work X many years. Uh, so those were coming up to an end. So mm -hmm. we had had, I think in my first two years of nursing, we had lost, I believe, about four physicians um, mm -hmm. in my area, which kind of orphaned a lot of people. And then working where I was working in a long-term care facility, those people had lost their doctor. So it was a bit of a struggle and a scramble to try and find another physician that could take on those people so that there could be continuity of care um, and something wouldn't be disrupted with them. So that was kind of a first little inequity that I saw working as a, as a healthcare professional. And, and that kind of got me thinking, you know, what, what could I do to, to try and help this problem? And I guess the idea that I came up with was let's go try and become a doctor and uh, be, be one of the physicians that kind of sets up, rurally and stays rural yeah. and so far that that's been my plan um you know two years into medical school now it still is my plan and um i hope i'm able to to follow through with that dream yeah no that's wonderful to hear and you know that's great that you have your inspiration too all started from when you were 10 years old as well right Oh, that's great. So as a medical student, do you, um, I guess, you know, after being through it for two years, do you have like any ideas on, you know, ways that we can help address this issue about, and you mentioned that incentivized, you know, that loss of continuity of care. Are there any ways or kind of, um, I guess, solutions that you can think of that we can help through um, some of those challenges? Yeah. Uh, so in my opinion, especially to kind of attract more physicians, to rural areas by showcasing the the benefits, especially for family medicine, the benefits of, of practicing rurally um, really have and maybe mandatory um, placements for medical students in rural areas. So Schulich uh, does a discovery week at the end of our first year where we are placed in a random 
rural community within our catchment area. So it's from Windsor to Tobermory, uh, where we actually just spend a week uh, shadowing doctors there and kind of getting a taste of what rural medicine is like. Uh, so I think that's that's kind of good because it showcases to people who are we have people from all across Canada, but mm -hmm. also all across Ontario, a lot from the GTA that uh, might actually showcase that there, in fact, is a world outside of the GTA and that that world is quite beautiful and has its benefits. Um, imagine for family medicine uh, in an urban center, you have access to a lot of the specialties. So it's it's a lot easy to easier to just be like, hey, I've got a patient with a GI problem. Uh, I'm going to send them to a gastroenterologist. Like, here you go. Where in a rural area, you kind of are expected to manage it to the best of your ability. Mm -hmm. And then when it becomes over your ability to deal with, then you refer off to a GI or you manage it while you're waiting for that GI consult. So you kind of get that experience and that comfortability of being, I guess, that true generalist that family medicine started off as. Uh, which, I mean, it's something that appeals to me very well. Um, I really like the idea of just being that true generalist mm -hmm. uh, to, to practice. And I think I, that sh would appeal to many other people potentially seeking interest in family medicine. Yeah. And that's good that, you know, these, the medical programs, I'm sure other ones too have, you know, as you mentioned, like discovery week where you get to shadow, um, are there anything else that they have? Maybe do they have specific like rural training, uh, available too, or stuff like that? Uh, yes. Uh, as far as, uh, I'm, I think McMaster also has rural residency spots. Oh. Uh, the university of Ottawa, I believe also has a week similar to ours in, uh, at the end of first year. And Western has a lot of rural residency spots um, as well. And Ottawa, uh, Northern Ontario School of Medicine is pure rural and does a lot on the rural healthcare front. So definitely shout out to Nossum for all the great work they do for Northern and rural and remote stuff as well. Awesome. Yeah, it's always great to hear, you know, some of these new initiatives being put out and even new ideas that you mentioned as well. Um, so just going back, so we were talking about incentivize, you know, physicians. So in your opinion, do you think we should incentivize, let, let's say, medical students or physicians to be working in rural areas? Are there pros and cons to it, you think? Definitely. Um, so the incentive, like incentivizing for sure is a help because it does get more physicians there. But then one of the cons I could see um, as experienced before is what happens when those contracts are up. Um, if they're not necessarily in love with the area, which is completely fine, um, they can leave. But then what, what supports do we have in place to kind of keep that continuity of care? Um, so kind of going back, I guess, to the previous idea of even, uh, which has been a dream for many healthcare workers, I think for years is a, a virtual chart management system as mm. essentially that's kind of all province-wide so you can walk into any healthcare center and have your your health information there and it makes continuity of care because then someone can look up your entire history um have it to be available so kind of like a an e-health record system that's province-wide would definitely help and i think that would help with the virtual care uh efforts as well yeah oh yeah that is another um, thing I was thinking of too is like um even with COVID now and the pandemic shifting to virtual care has that has that helped with you know the rural healthcare challenges is you know using virtual communication to reach out uh there have been a few virtual 
incentives. Uh, one of them was through the the public health units, I believe, through a, like a remote care monitoring, essentially. It happens a lot for um, congestive heart failure and COPD, where patients are kind of monitored virtually. And I believe they trialed it uh, in COVID-19 patients as well with a... Uh, with success. I know a lot of the family doctors in King Carden did do phone uh, and virtual appointments, but it kind of still, with the limited amount of physicians in that area, it still kind of didn't necessarily help the inequities, but it just, it was a way to survive the pandemic. Okay. Well, that's good that we're, you know, using technology to the best of our abilities too, to reach yeah. out and really help, you know, rural communities. Um, great. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for that info. And so we just wanted to get to know you a little bit more. So I know you sure. mentioned your bio that um, you work with Gateway Center for Excellence in Rural Health. Um, we're wondering if you could tell us more about, you know, what the center does and some of your work there. Yeah. So the, the center, the Gateway Center of Excellence in Rural Health uh, is based out of Goderich, Ontario, uh, has a wonderful team that uh, is very passionate about rural health care and there are pharmacists there are physicians there are nurses um, there are researchers from the universities of guelph and waterloo that are all a part of kind of trying to improve the health and quality of life in rural residents through either research education communication and, and programming um, so i'll run a really cool uh project that was being done by um, a co-worker of mine, Becky, uh, through, it's called Shed Talks. So it, it was a farmer's mental health initiative where uh, essentially they gathered farmers in a community base together so that they could talk and support each other because uh, farmers are hit very hard. It's, it's a high and a low. If you have a bad year for crops, that's your, you know, that's, that's your life, that's your livelihood, that's your income. Uh, so farmers are disproportionately affected more by depression, suicide. Uh, so having that community come together and be able to lean on each other and form friendships uh, through that. So that was the whole point of that um, that program. And I, that was quite successful. Uh, in hers, uh, in her project, uh, a couple of other projects that have been completed as well uh, is for the recruitment and retainment of a healthcare field, like healthcare workers. So it was essentially, they took people who were working part-time yeah. who wanted to enter the healthcare field, either becoming PSWs, uh, nurses, food service workers, and they allowed them to study part-time in their hometowns while working. Wow. And then they worked towards their respective certifications and then they stayed in those towns so um, it was called the sharp program and it was quite successful i think it it, it got about 15 nurses uh, throughout the four counties so uh, bruce gray huron and perth uh, and food service workers as well to work in, for dietary in the hospitals and the retirement homes uh, and it's just a way of of growing your own healthcare. So a lot of stuff really is done at the grassroots level. It's a lot of community building. Um, if your hospital needs or wants a CT machine, that's been a recent effort as a lot of local communities are just doing local fundraising mm -hmm. through programs over years to buy a CT machine for the hospital. 
to supplement government funding uh, that they might get. And it's just been a lot of advocacy on the, the part of the community, which is really one of the draws, I think, of, of rural areas is that you have these tight knit communities that see a need, a niche that needs to be filled, and we just come together and fill it. Wow, that's amazing. And are, are these projects that, that you personally have worked on as well? Uh, so a few of the projects that I work on personally are uh, helping with the grant writing. So helping to try and secure government funding so that we can run these programs um, and kind of keep them together. So that my part is the advocacy through using my educational background and my experience to to write and try and speak bureaucrat uh, to try and get the government, uh, convince them to give us money to do the great work that we do. That's wonderful. And I know how hard it can be to do write those grants <laughs> from our public health perspective. Yeah. And that's great to hear those programs being, you know, put on. For me, I'm I'm based in Toronto and have been born and raised in an urban center. So and what I would love to see in our education here is a little bit more about, and I mentioned before that I, I don't have that rural, you know, perspective, but I would love to hear more and see more of that in, in our school, in our, in our program, in our master's program. So that maybe that's something we can hopefully look forward to in the future with your advocacy and continuing to inspire others, right? That is awesome. Sure. Yeah. So, and I know your other advocacy too is with uh, student wellness. And uh, I was wondering if you could tell us more a little bit about um, a Schulich Rural Medicine Outreach Program that you're having or club that you have at uh, Schulich Medicine. Yeah. Uh, so the, um, the RMOC, as we call it, the Rural Medicine Outreach Club, uh, focuses on doing a couple of different things that, uh, that kind of showcase rural health. So first is to medical students. Uh, by doing these things called doc talks, where we essentially get a coach bus of medical students and we go to a rural hospital where we'll take a tour of the hospital, get to speak with the doctors there, get to see the showcase of, of essentially what it's like. And then um, because a lot of the rural physicians, they really do enjoy teaching, mm -hmm. uh, we'll do like a skills workshop uh, where we just get to, to practice some, some skills with them. So uh, we went to a Wingham uh, this year, and we did a suture workshop and like punch biopsies, stuff like that on, on actual pig tissue, on, on pig skin, which was kind of great. Uh, and we went to Chatham-Kent uh, and got to do like a cool CPR code blue station, uh, got to do some neonatal resuscitation station, and it was just a way to showcase like the facilities that the rural hospitals have, but then also get to talk about the realities of what it's like practicing there. What it's like to be a resident at the chatham kent site uh, for example uh, another thing we do is high school uh, outreach so we have a program called saturday scrubs where we come up with a case so usually a theme so last time we did uh, it was physical medicine in the case of a stroke and we got physiotherapists speech language pathologists uh, ot all to come in and talk about their roles how they became what they became, so the education involved for high school students interested in healthcare, and then what they do as a part of that case and what life is like for them on a day-to-day -day basis. So it's to help high school students who are thinking about healthcare, so either in, really it's open from grade nine to grade 12, but um, we do get quite a few older students in the grade 11, grade 12, who are seriously thinking about you know college, university, what they wanna do uh, to kind of learn about what's out there. 
Um, another thing that happens through, uh, we have a distributed education office, which is what we're, we're pretty well tied with um, for our club. Uh, they have what's called Discovery Health Camp, uh, which is for high school students in the summer. Uh, medical students get to, uh, we get paid to be camp counselors and to showcase against healthcare, different healthcare fields. So we're opening up two new sites this year, but last year we were in Goderidge and Stratford, uh, Sarnia and Chatham, and the kids had a great time. I think I had more <laughs> fun than the children uh, teaching them about medicine, about nursing. We had pharmacy, physio, like just any healthcare wow. uh, profession out there coming in to talk to them. And then we did a bunch of healthcare related games and some skills. We did like an injections workshop, taught <laughs> suturing, taught them how to put on a cast. Like it, it's just great stuff that you get to kind of once again, grow the healthcare industry by people who are interested in it. Wow, that sounds really amazing. I didn't know, you know, that had all these different multifaceted things going on with the with the club. And sorry, is the club it's based in Shulik? Are you opening different chapters and other universities or just um, based at Western right now? Uh, we are currently just based at Western. However, uh, shout out to the Rural Medicine Interest Group at Memorial University in Newfoundland, who this year have connected essentially all of us across the country uh, in a Facebook group yeah, where the, the executives of all of these rural clubs can come together and try and collaborate on events. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to this semester and trying to collaborate with a couple of the, the near local medical schools. Mm -hmm. uh, to try and do some some cool rural events and kind of really get it out there and, and kind of push what we're doing and see if that would be an interest mm -hmm. in other medical schools and see if we can kind of get a get a cross country rural advocacy you know based on the on these medical like on medical students kind of grassrooting our way and that's that's something that excites me a lot. Oh my gosh, yes, I can tell definitely through your passion just listening to it. It sounds really exciting. I'm I'm very excited and hopefully our listeners can also support this in, in the way that we can and for next year too or for this coming year, right? Oh, that's yeah. exciting. Awesome. Well, we um, appreciate your time. We're, we're about time to wrap up, but um, maybe if you can share some of your last thoughts, general thoughts on how the general public can help advocate for rural health and, you know, support things that you've been, you know, mentioning and advocating for in this podcast. Yeah. Uh, so I guess with any form of advocacy, any form of anything related to healthcare, um, the obvious answer is vote. Um, <laughs> Yeah. You know, choose who you vote for wisely, not to get too political, but also voting with more of a uh, a community mindset uh, as well. Uh, other than that, if you're really interested in rural or advocating for rural stuff, donating to um, these grassroots organizations that have a goal to improve rural healthcare, uh, as well as if you're a medical student. Um, or in any health profession, if there's any way you can get a rural placement, I can't say enough about them uh, in urban centers. Uh, from my experience, at least in urban centers, when it comes time to do a procedure, or see something really cool, you've got residents, you've got fellows, you've got upper year medical students who are further ahead in their journey, who also need to learn, um, kind of scrambling over. But in my experience with my rural uh, placements, with my rural observerships that I've done, I'm the only medical student there. So if something cool comes up, 
that's a learning opportunity like you get first dibs at it so for even for your own learning rural placements help solidify things you get to do cool things that maybe your classmates haven't got to do yet um and it's just a way to to help yourself but also help others awesome yeah thank you so much and just before we head off did you want to share or plug any websites or maybe where people can find you if they have any questions after uh for sure yeah you can find me at uh, aaron lewis um i'm sure my name will be spelt somewhere uh in the promotions for this um, on linkedin uh or you can uh, reach me at my email uh, a l e w i s 87 at uwo.ca uh, if you have questions about rural or even if you are a medical student involved in rural health care uh, in your clubs, please reach out to me and we can set something up. Awesome. Thank you again, Aaron, so much for your you. time and for being here. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you.